We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Tommy's here. I am here. The show, as always, is presented by Window Nation. Call them at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com. Mention my name. You will get a free estimate and access to their best deal of the year. Buy two, get two free with no limit plus no money down, no payments, and no interest for two full years. Uh, Call them at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com. Lots of really good reviews have come in over the last couple of weeks. A couple that are flattering and also unflattering. We read those too. Um, this is from uh, Steve. Uh, this is his pod take. He gave us five stars, Tommy. Um, and it's a rather lengthy review. You do not have to write a dissertation for your review. It can be just one to two quick sentences on Apple or wherever you're allowed to review a podcast. Uh, Steve writes, I'm a longtime Redskins fan and I've been listening to Kevin Sheehan from the UK for over 10 years now. So get ready because here's Stevie's pod take. Stevie's created his own pod take, which is very, (laughs) very nice. Um, By the way, we have a lot of listeners from the UK you know, I get yes, all we do. Of, I, and they're very passionate listeners. Too. Very passionate listeners. I love how football has really grown um, in Europe. I know it's so popular in the UK, so popular in Germany. Uh, but we have, you know, I get the numbers on where all of our listeners uh, come from. One of the interesting things about this podcast, and I'll just take you behind the curtain, uh, if you will. Um, is that because this fan base of this team, or just because Washington tends to be a more transient town than other towns, many of our listeners, you know, roughly 50% of the listeners to this podcast don't live in the DMV. That has always surprised people about whether it's the radio show or, you know, any of the radio shows in town, certainly with a podcast, we get 50% of our listens from outside the DMV. I mean, I think LA, Tommy, is like our number four market. I mean, we have thousands of listeners from Los Angeles. We have a lot of listeners from the UK. 
We've already made, you know, our case for being, I think it's the number one football podcast in Jordan and in Bermuda for whatever reason. But what it is, and I have to explain this sometimes to potential advertisers because they look at it and they say, wow, why is it that your show is a D.C. sports podcast Yet 50% of your listeners aren't from the D.C. area. And the explanation, I think, is pretty simple. It is that Redskin fans, D.C. sports fans, but Skins fans in particular, Commanders fans, they've lived here. They lived here at some point, but they don't live here anymore. But they want to continue to follow the team. And this is one of the ways that they do it. Um, you know, so. That's not an explanation. What's the explanation? I know this, what you're going to say. This is the explanation. <laughs> Talent has no boundaries. Right. right. That's okay. the explanation. Uh-huh. Uh, from Stevie's pod take, some things I like, some things I don't like, and a few other observations. Look, I'm not going to read your entire um, take, uh, Stevie, because this has to be a show that we finish within like an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. But he writes on the li- things uh, that I like list. Kevin's game and situational analysis is superb. He sees through the smoke screen and gets to the heart of the story. His weekly game take is accurate and detailed. His interviews and variety of guests, both football and non-football people, is very good. Cooley is the best. Doc is great. He looks at the whole organization and the bigger picture, not just the games on the field. This is very nice. But some of the things I don't like. Kevin can take a 10-minute topic and talk about it for hours, often repeating the same information and opinion again and again. Uh, He puts far too much emphasis on information and opinions from other reporters rather than football players and coaches who really know what they're talking about. Each example, did Heineke really have to convince Ron to play Sam in the Dallas game? Have you actually heard that from one or more of those three people? Or have you just repeated it so many times now that you believe it? Um, he goes on and on and he mentions you and, but I wanted to just say that that actually really makes me laugh because first of all, um, in terms of, of Taylor, you know, trying to convince, uh, did Heineke really have to convince Ron to play Sam in the Dallas game? Remember, it wasn't a reporter. It was Ron who told us that just to be clear, Ron told us that Taylor came to him and said, play the, play the kid. Um, but I do, I do completely agree with you that sometimes I can take something that should be shortened up or take something that I'll do once and then I'll repeat it over and over again. Not, not that this is an excuse, but Tommy will back me up on this radio sports talk show, you know, uh, training and what we hear and have heard our whole lives from program directors is that you have to continue to play the hits that people are tuning in for five to 10 minutes. You have to keep coming back to the same subject over and over again. If it is your, you know, one of your top subjects of the day, but to your point, Stevie, I don't need to do that on the podcast. I don't now repeating something today that I repeated yesterday, I'll continue to do because not everybody listens to every show. And by the way, sometimes I feel it, it, it's warranted, warranted to emphasis. But yes, talk show radio hosts are told every 10 minutes you have a completely new audience. 
I've never, ever really bought into that completely, Tommy, because like you said, you know, the high quality of our show, people start listening. They can't leave. They stick with it. Um, But that's the way we're all um, programmed uh, and trained is that, you know, you have to understand that every 10 minutes you've got a completely new audience and you can't cater to what are called P1s in the business, the people that will sit there and listen for the entirety start to finish of your three-hour radio show. That's not who you're supposed to address. They're going, the, the radio programmers will tell you, they're going to be there whether you repeat something or don't repeat something, whether you say something they like or don't like, they're going to be there. It's the people that are coming in for 10 minutes that you've got to catch. And if you don't, with an off topic or with something that you feel, you know, doesn't fit into a linear kind of a show that you want to do, you'll, you'll lose. And so anyway, but it, it, it doesn't apply to a podcast, Stevie. So there you go. Um, Stevie loves himself some Cooley film reviews for sure. And there is one coming tomorrow uh, on tomorrow's show. Cooley's going to review Sam Howe. Um, some of the interceptions in the game, and a few other things for tomorrow's show. But anyway. Um, Stevie's a little naive if he thinks that we should dismiss what people write and report and just rely on what players and coaches say. <laughs> right, true. Good point. A little naive. Yeah. yeah. Um, this from uh, NFL Field Goal Kicker 999 via Apple Podcast. This is a short review. Um, he refers to himself as hashtag Nats North Phillies. Yeah, Schwarber, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper. We'll get to game one of the National League Series uh, and also the American League Series as well in the next segment. No one is more passionate about sports than Kevin. Tom is passionate about his fleeting singing career, baseball and boxing. It's a great show. Been listening a long time. Cooley is an added feature with the Bear stories and his NFL smarts. That's the kind of review that you can, uh, you know, produce very quickly. Even if you pause this podcast right now, give us five stars and write a quick one to two sentence review. It is very helpful when you do that. Follow us as well. It's easy to follow us uh, on Apple and on Spotify. Hit the follow button or hit the plus button um, and uh, subscribe to the podcast as well. So, Tommy, I want I want to hear I want to go ahead before we get started. Yes. Real quick, yep. I just need to share this with everybody because it's, it's a revelation that just happened right now. I'm looking at my left arm. You know, the left arm that I cut real bad in Spain? Yeah. I told you about? Yeah. And there's a dent in it. <laughs> I mean, it's all healed, uh-huh. but there's a dent in my arm now. Well, matches the one in that your wasn't head. there before. Well, I guess so. But this is a little bit unnerving. I mean, it's a significant dent. A significant no, he, dent in your arm? If I can see it, you know it's significant. Right. Right, because you've got to so, get really close to it to see it. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, so I'm a little bit worried about that. Well, but, uh, let's, let's move on. No, I don't want to move on. I don't want to move on. Should we Google it? Should we go to, um, you know, MD.com or whatever the, you know, the... No. The no, medical never, sites never on the internet? To, that Never go to MD.com. <laughs> no, whatever it is. Never. No, those yeah. things are absolute anxiety increasers. 
Anytime yeah. I have something and I look it up on the internet, it's like I need to <laughs> immediately walk over to the liquor cabinet and take a shot of something just to relax me. Oh my God, yeah. I have that. Um, I yeah. wouldn't so worry. I don't, think, I don't think this is, it's not debilitating or anything, but uh, it's a change in, in my body. <laughs> we, we can't have changes to your body. Your your body not in that part. I'm used to changes. Your in body's other a parts. temple. I'm not used to changes in my arm. Well, go have somebody look at it. Here, I'm going to look it up anyway. Dent in arm. <laughs> um, let's see. But uh, it looks like it might be a bicep tendon tear. Yeah, except it's not on my bicep. A dent with it's a scar in formed part. in the upper. It's okay. All right. Well, go go. Maybe it has to do with cigar smoking. I don't know. I don't think it has anything to do with cigar smoking. I don't, and I don't think it's cancer, and I don't think it's some horrible blood disease. I think you took a big fall, you injured yourself, and it created a little bit, you know, of a dent that you may have to live with the rest of your life. But why don't you go? I may be permanently disfigured. <laughs> you know what? That'll make it easier for you to park at sporting events, won't it? <laughs> All right, what did you think of the game on Sunday? Well, it, I thought, uh, look, I picked the Washington to win 24-20. to 20. Yeah, you're pretty damn so close. So I had the Washington point uh, total right. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a winnable game. I thought Atlanta had the potential to uh, self-destruct a little bit, and they self-destructed a lot. Uh, but I'm real, I'm, I'm real curious, and I know I'm probably in a minority here, from what I've read, I'm real curious about all the accolades for the defense and, and what a defensive win it was. And I thought the defense wasn't very good. I mean, you know, they, they, they still ran for over 100 yards. They gained over 400 yards, Falcons did. They controlled the ball most of the game. I think what, what, they, what happened was what Jack Del Rio has been preaching uh, through, you know, just through, about turnovers, just through circumstances, finally happened. And, and they, they were able to capitalize on three turnovers. You know, because they're usually at the bottom of the league when it comes to turnover ratio. I mean, they were last year, like 28th or 27th, and they were this year uh, before uh, Sunday. So I just think that you had a defense that just happened to be in the right place at the right time, and I don't think that's the shape of things to come. And I still think they're an underachieving, disappointing unit that got lucky on Sunday. Um, that's funny because I was going to read this. Um, I was going to read this from Seth on Twitter. Uh, Seth uh, wrote, Kevin, three turnovers is the only reason they won the game. Can I get more analysis than that? Uh, yeah, the, the show yesterday, Seth, was an hour and 20 minutes. I may have taken a 10-minute topic and, you know, done it 12 times yesterday. Um, but no, I mean, <laughs> look, th the bottom line is there are games that you watch as a fan of football and you can pretty, especially like a long-time fan of football, which most of us are, and you can sum it up pretty easily for somebody that didn't watch the game. Atlanta had three turnovers. Washington didn't. 
it was the number one reason Washington yes. won the game. Like, it's not – there's no close second. There's a lot that happened in the game. And, Seth, if you had listened to more than maybe just the first 10 minutes, you wouldn't have gotten the repeat yesterday. You would have gotten my complete game take. Tommy, with respect to what you said, um, the defense – I. I Yesterday, uh, Sunday's game, uh, and I said this yesterday. You can't look at the yardage, and 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 say, well, the defense didn't play well. In my opinion, I think the defense actually did play well. Now, consider the opponent for starters. You know, this was not Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts. This wasn't Buffalo or Philadelphia. But this is, by the way, one of those few team, one one of the few teams in the league that have kind of an identity. You know, and they also do it sort of the old school way. They want to run the football first. They want to be physical at the line of scrimmage, both sides of the line of scrimmage. They're not going to throw it a hell of a lot. And the game plan coming in, it was very obvious to see starting with the first drive in terms of Jack Del Rio's game plan, which was we're going to play a lot of five-man front on first down, second down, certainly on first down, and our goal is to stop the run and make Desmond Ritter beat us because we don't think he can, and he was right. They held, you know, the the NFC, the NFL Rookie of the Year, you know, at this point, Bijan Robinson, to his worst day of the year, he averaged 2.8 yards per carry, and the only reason it got up to 2.8 is he had a nine-yard carry late in the game. Um, they held, uh, you know, overall Atlanta, not counting Ritter and his two scrambles. Uh, they held um, they held them to 3.2 yards per rush, so they completely shut down a run first team and made them beat them through the air. The interesting thing is, is they did beat them through the air in the first half. Ritter completed some big time balls to Drake London in particular, who is a big target. You know, and I still think the coverage was much more energetic, much livelier, more coordinated with the pass rush. I think all three interceptions, certainly the first two, were completely coordinated with blitz pressure and timing. Fuller jumped it because he knew they were sending six and the ball was going to have to come out early. By the way, Fuller's done that a lot during his career. He's very, very good at anticipating. I'm repeating this, by the way, from yesterday's show, uh, Stevie's take on pods. Um, Boy, Stevie hit a sore spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Fuller did a good job, and then the pick that St. Juice had, they came with pressure, and Ritter panicked. So I actually disagree with you. I wouldn't say that like the defense was great or dominant, but they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish, and it was a winning strategy on Sunday against that team. And it was a much better effort from an energy standpoint, from a tackling standpoint, than the last time we saw them against Chicago. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if that's the way you want to see it, that's fine. Uh, I still think that, uh, you know, that they are not all of a sudden a turnover machine, are not going to be a turnover machine. And I think... Uh, well, you know, again, without the turnovers, and you think that it was it was the defensive alignment that helped create the turnovers, and you're probably right. But I, I just don't see it as as this great defensive effort by the team. I think they just got lucky on Sunday for the most part. 
I don't. So you could see, you say they created their luck. Oh, I definitely think two of the three. Actually, I would say all three of the turnovers were. Look, Desmond Ritter handed them the one, but it was pressure, and it was it was pressure and the idea of pressure and the need to score a touchdown on that third and goal from the seven. Um, the Fuller play was just timed up perfectly. They knew it had to come out quickly. He did a great job. I'm not sh- the Jamin Davis interception. It's a really good play by Jamin Davis. It's an excellent play. I don't know if Bijan Robinson ran that route correctly. I think he's got to cross the face there um, on that in route. But uh, I think I think they actually did a, a really good job based on what the plan was. I think they executed the plan. I think a lot of a, a reason for the yards ultimately is look they had some yards in the first half and they had some third down conversions in the first half as well. They were four for eight on third down in the first half and I gave I, I thought Ritter actually looked sharp in the first half and and London and Pitts these guys are big big targets Tommy I mean they've got some you know they've got some players but ultimately you know in the second half they were you know they uh, on on third down they were one for seven you know and yeah they had some yards but it would have been nice if the offense could have done anything after the first half uh, because then I think you know the number of plays that the defense was out there would have been minimized as well. But overall, I think you know it wasn't a great game by anybody necessarily, but it was one of those. Remember back in 2018 when they started off, you know, five and two, six and two, and we kind of knew that they weren't really a good team. They certainly weren't a very good offensive team, but they were winning the turnover the battle. Well, I'm sorry, the Alex Smith year. The uh, Alex Smith year. 100%. Yeah, the Alex Smith year. They were yeah. winning the turnover battle. They were winning the penalty battle. They were winning the field position battle, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the truth is they didn't you know, necessarily win the field position battle uh, all day um, uh, the other day, but um, it's, it's the kind of win that you shouldn't apologize. I, see, I, I saw a lot of people reaching out to me saying, ugly win, you know, uh, Ron, you know, kind of implied Ben told me that it was kind of an ugly win. I'll take plus three in the turnover margin without making any mistakes on your own um, against a team that you're kind of even with, which is what Atlanta and Washington basically are. That's that's how they got to five and two or six and two, whatever it was in 2018. They needed that, and that's the that they won the game because they didn't make mistakes. And they didn't make any big mistakes defensively either. Um, but what they really did, what they did well, Tommy, defensively on Sunday, um, I don't want to let this go. They did do one thing exceptionally well. They shut down a team that wants to run it down your throat. And they shut down the best rookie running back in the league um, and, and held him to nothing in the game. And he has killed people at times this year. So that was, to me... Um, that was a huge key to the game was their ability to stop the run. Okay. Uh, you talk about the turnovers. I don't think they have now become some kind of turnover machine. Uh, I think this was probably a one-time thing. And let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Sam Howell for a second. Yep. Uh, because, uh, you know, I pointed out in my column in today's paper that uh, of the two liabilities, interceptions versus sacks for a quarterback, sacks are far more easier to live with. Right. I mean, Sam Howell got sacked four times. Right. Uh, 
uh, on, on Sunday. Five but times. here's one thing five he doesn't times. do. Uh, five times? Yeah. He doesn't throw the ball to the other team. He, he hasn't since the Buffalo game. That's true. I mean, he had. No, other than yeah. that, he's only had two interceptions this year. Right. Uh, right. Other than the Buffalo game. So as, as, as maddening as the sacks may be, and it could add up to a problem, I think it's much better than him throwing in a desperation mode and putting the ball up in the air. No doubt. Oh yeah, I mean, if you're going to take, I mean, those are the sacks are much uh, a much lesser evil than interceptions, of course. Yeah. But but sacks yeah. the way he's taking them and at the rate that he's taking them, and you know, know, if you buy into you know that most of them are attributable to him, which I have bought into, um, it's it's a fatal flaw. You're you're not going to be a full time NFL starter taking ninety six sacks a year, you know, which is what no, he's on pace for. Um, but but you know, and I talked about this a lot yet uh, yesterday, Tommy. You know, six games in, right? More than a third of the season. So you know, now we've seen six real NFL starts, and I'm talking about real NFL starts, not a meaningless end of season game where you know you, you, you've got nothing you know to play for other than to impress people, which he did, I guess, in that Dallas game last year. But it's it's now kind of a chance to to have a, a bit of a of a hunch on him. You know, far from enough of a sample size to have a conclusion, we understand that as football fans watching quarterbacks through the years. If somebody came to a conclusion on Geno Smith after year seven, they would have been wrong, Um, let alone, you know, six games. But the good far outweighs the bad in these first six games with Sam Howell. I agree. You know. I agree. I, I, I feel much more positive about him than the uncertainty that I felt. Right. You know, going into the season, absolutely. Uh, he 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 can make the throws. All of them. Yeah. All of them, and he's mobile, and he's tough, and there's just a lot of things that he does well. I also, you know, I saw a lot of criticism um, on my Twitter notifications of Eric Bieniemy. I didn't buy that at all. Um, I know the offense did zero in the second half. I do understand that, and that was not helpful to the cause uh, on Sunday. Um, But I think really in the recent games, he's done a much better job of making it easier for Sam and really catering to what I think Sam will ultimately, if he ends up being a starting quarterback in the league for years to come, will do best, which is true, you know, not necessarily true West Coast, but true quick game. Like, you hit that third step and the ball is out. It doesn't even matter how great the offensive line is. This is what he excels in. Um, getting him out of the pocket, getting him on the move is something that he does pretty well. I loved that they that he kept it in a zone read on fourth and one, you know, and he made the right read. Uh, I think he did. I didn't go back and watch that play um, closely, but there's a lot to like, but there's one major, major concern. It's not a minor concern because it's not sustainable at this rate. He's he, They have to coach it out of him. He's got to allow it to be coached out of him. It's got to improve. The, the holding on to the ball is not only a sack taken a lot of the times. In, in many cases, it's a missed play that they could have had. You know, a missed positive play. But to, like I pointed out yesterday, 215 yards in six games in sack uh, lost yardage is just not 
something that you can win more games than you lose with over the course of 17. Um, but the positive is so encouraging that I'm all in for seeing you know the the good continue to, to to get better and the concern or two to hopefully improve dramatically. Um, and it may not improve dramatically next week or the week after, but you want to see gradual improvement. And this gets to, by the way, I'm just thinking about our conversations before the season started. Let's just say they end up going eight and nine, seven and ten, you know, which is a possibility. They're right, you know, five hundred team, a game around five hundred, and they don't make the postseason. But Sam Howell ends I think up a probability more than a possibility. So this, go ahead. But Sam Howell ends up being, you know, a promising future candidate to finally be the the, the franchise's starting quarterback moving forward. Because right now, there's a chance he could be that. I wouldn't bet on it yet, but I wouldn't bet against it either right now. Not to sound like I'm waffling, but I I'm I know what I I gave the list of quarterbacks that have taken the kind of sacks, not even at the rate he's taking it at. And other than Deshaun Watson, this century the list is like Kitna um and Burline and um I'm forgetting one other one uh that I mentioned uh yesterday. But it's just, you know, you're talking about Something that can't be that that need, uh, it's uh, David Carr, of course. David Carr twice. You're talking about quarterbacks right. that just it turned out taking that kind of sack rate. They were backup quarterbacks. Um, Deshaun Watson had one big season of sacks, but I would say that his talent level is off the charts. Um, not to mention you know size, physical attributes, etc. But anyway, um, I'm looking forward to continuing to see him grow. And I think Eric Bieniemy's done a pretty good job. I like a lot of their play design. I like a lot of the play calling. A lot of people couldn't stand the play calling Sunday. I still can't get one example of where you know you're convinced he made a horrible call that you know changed the game or impacted the game. I, I just don't think they executed in the second half. Um, what other thoughts from the game do you have? Oh, that's pretty much it. Uh, again, I'm not. I don't have a rosy picture as you do. I still think, even though they held uh, Robinson to less than three yards to carry, running back still ran for 90 yards. Uh, that's. I don't think that's a complete shutdown. Well, uh, th- 3.2 yards was, per carry is for 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 running backs is pretty good, com- right. Considering who they were facing, you know, good offensive line right. too. They did a. I, are you saying that you don't think they did a good job against the run? I don't think they complete. I, I I don't think they did a bad job, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was a complete shutdown. Again, I don't think. I think it had a lot more to do with the interceptions than anything else, and I don't think that that's something that you'll see every week. Yeah, I would just say that the two go hand in hand. The ability to shut them down on the run forced Ritter to beat him through the air, and that's why ultimately, you know, they got the picks. Um, but anyway, uh, look, it was. <laughs> It was a necessary win. I mean, and Ron's at being at three and three, Tommy, at this point, we have seen consistency from 2020 through 2022, right about, you know, end of October, early November, they start to play better football. They start to play their best football of the year. So if that happens again, um, you know, with the Giants and the Eagles and the Patriots and the Seahawks and the Giants again before the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. 
they they'll be in the mix. They'll be in the NFC mix entering December. I I I think that that's very possible. I'm not saying I'm not predicting that they'll make the playoffs, but you know I I did the eight eight and one um, before the season partly as shtick, but it's kind of what I also thought that this is like essentially a 500 NFL team. And if they stay around 500 heading into December, they're going to be in the mix for a wild card spot. I see very few victories ahead for this team. I'm concerned about Sunday. (laughs) Very concerned. Saquon Barkley is a massive difference maker for that team. Uh, And they just, it looks like Daniel Jones may not play. Um, Speaking of other teams, that Monday night game last night, I mean, flags are still flying. I mean, there were 20 actual assessed penalties, but I think there were 27 flags in the game when you consider either two penalties on one play or a decline penalty. I mean, that game was just over-officiated to the point where it became really hard to watch no matter how intense it was, and it was really intense. Um, The Cowboys, for those of you that missed it, beat the Chargers in what amounted to a home game for them at SoFi. I mean, it was so loud, Cowboy fans. Uh, But they beat him 20-17. to Justin Herbert, uh, I think, leads the league now in the last three years in fourth-quarter interceptions. And so he threw a pick after getting sacked by Micah Parsons on really what turned out to be maybe the biggest play of the game. I mean, good God, did he get through quickly and just bury Herbert. Uh, it was a, it was a entertaining. I had both baseball and football on simultaneously last night. And so I was watching both. But every time you looked up, you saw the head referee in discussions with other referees and then calling penalties. It was ridiculous. Dak bounced back. He was he was okay. Had a really nice read option touchdown run. Um, his numbers yes, look good. Did. I still think Dallas doesn't look super crisp offensively, consistent offensively. Um, but they got a big win for them. That was a big win for the Cowboys after they got embarrassed last week. Big win for them. You know, imagine if they were three and three, and Washington was right now tied for second oh, yeah. in the division. Tommy, yeah, you know, yeah, you, they, no, you're right. It was an important win for Dallas. Yeah, uh, they have the Rams this coming week. Um, actually, this coming week they have a bye. They they have a bye this week. Then they have the Rams, and then they they play their first of two against the Eagles on November fifth in Philadelphia. So, I, I'm not a big fan of the Cowboy team this year. Like, I think their offense is hit and miss. I think Dak is average. A lot of you got after me last week saying, you know, you think that you – know, how can you say that Dak sucks? I didn't say that. I never said that. Listen carefully. I said Dak is average. Um, I still believe that. Uh, but he really came up big last night. And if you like Dak, and I do like Dak, the, the, the leader, the person, you were kind of rooting for him to really bounce back last night because he, when you're the quarterback of that team, Tommy, and you don't play well, man, is it tough. You know, that is that the number one in, in, in professional football, the quarterback of the Cowboys scrutinize more than any player in the league, right? Probably. 
probably. You know, I, I would argue for years sometimes it was the Washington quarterback. In league-wide? Yeah. Yeah. I think it had a national profile because because of the political implications of being in Washington. Mm-hmm. When Nixon and, and then Reagan were in the White House? Yeah, I think so. I think the Washington quarterback position may have been just as scrutinized and just as under the microscope as Dallas then. What about Not when anymore. Carter what about when Carter was in the White House or Clinton? Was it as scrutinized? Why why was it different with just I, Nixon I, I, and Reagan? I don't, I don't think look, I well because I just think that like I mean, uh Reagan paid attention to football. Nixon paid attention to oh, football. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um C- Carter was Clinton was a sports fan, but I think more of a college sports fan. Um, yeah. Carter Carter went to some games. You know, I'll tell you the games right now that I know Jimmy Carter was at when he was president. He was at Game 7 of the NBA's Eastern Conference semifinals, Washington and Atlanta, the Bullets against the Hawks. He was at that game. Elvin Hayes I think, maybe the, the game of Elvin Hayes' career in Washington. Uh, 39 points, Tommy, I think 19 rebounds in like seven block shots in a game seven, something like that. I may be off on the rebounds and block shots, but I know it was 39 points. Um, and then Washington played Dallas on an, on a Monday night. Uh, I think he was at Washington versus Dallas a couple of times on Monday night football. He and Roslyn were, I'm pretty sure by the way. Why am I blanking on this? Is she still alive? I don't know. Because he's still alive. I mean, I think he's approaching yeah. 100 years old. She's still alive, yeah. too, right? I think so. I don't know. If she I'm looking it up right now. Hold on. She's still alive. She's 96 wow. years old. And her husband... Is ninety nine years old. He just turned ninety nine. Wow, that's remarkable. A couple that is ninety nine, ninety six, and still going strong. Um, you know what though? They did not have a dent in their arm. I think that's why they've survived as long as they've Uh-oh. survived. Uh, all right, l- let's get to some baseball. Let's get to the Caps getting a win last night, but. Something interesting about their home game last night against Calgary. Uh, All of that coming up. Let me first tell you that Window Nation's deal is buy two, get two free with no limit, zero money down, zero payments, and 0% interest for two two full years. You're not going to pay for these windows until until the year 2025. Simply put, all right, uh, if you're looking for windows right now go to window nation give them the first chance they'll give you a free estimate you've got nothing to lose i've known them forever 14 years i've been a customer many listeners have been customers family members and friends have been customers it's gonna work out 96 percent of their installs go off without the need of follow-up service they make their windows here locally they measure them three times to ensure proper fit windownation.com or 86690nation you'll save big on your energy bills and on the windows it's worth it if you've been thinking about windows to at least give them a call 86690nation or windownation.com uh, back after these words from a few of our sponsors 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Career best for Schwarber in the regular season. Now Harper deep in the right center, and he'll watch this one fly. Second home run of the inning. Bryce Harper's fourth home run of these playoffs. Uh, It came two uh, batters after Kyle Schwarber uh, led the game off in the bottom of the first, for the Phillies anyway, in their first uh, at-bat with a home run off of uh, Zach Gallen's first pitch last night. The Phillies win game one, 5-3. to three. We'll get to more on that game and the surprising results so far of the American League Championship Series after Tommy tells us about Shelley's. Well, you know, on Sunday, I watched the Commanders game down at Shelley's. Uh, oh, you I did? was there with Bob Matarazzi, awesome. the owner of Shelly. Love and, Bob. You know, Bob knows a lot about football. Oh, Bob's a huge Skins he, fan. Huge. Yeah, and, and and particularly college football. He's got a tremendous depth of knowledge about college football. Uh, and the place was filled with football fans. It was a great atmosphere. Uh, most of them Commanders fans, uh, you know, sitting all around me. Uh, but uh, it was such a great atmosphere, you know, smoking a couple of cigars, eating off the great menu they had. I had a meatball uh, sub uh, on Sunday, which was absolutely fabulous, like all their food is. And it's a great place to watch sporting events, particularly NFL football, 
on a Sunday afternoon. As it gets colder and colder out, if you're a cigar smoker and, you know, you can't smoke indoors at home, head down to Shelley's back room at 1331 F Street Northwest in the district. It's a great place to watch football and a great place to smoke cigars and a great place to eat great food. I look. I know Bob is a huge Skins fan, um, a lifelong Skins fan. I did not know that he was a huge college football fan. Uh, but yeah. Shelley's is awesome. Great, great place to to watch games, uh, for sure. All right, um, let's talk some baseball playoffs before we get to Philly last night. Uh, what about the Rangers in the first two games? That was some drama yesterday at the end of that game, um, throughout that game, actually. But the Rangers now uh, in the postseason have not lost. You know, they took the first two games against Tampa Bay, eliminated them. They swept the Orioles, and now they're two up on the Astros. And, Tommy, what's interesting is they are now 7-0 and in these Major League uh, Baseball playoffs. They've played just one home game. Uh, they're about to play at least two, if not three, home games in a row uh, against Houston because it's the two-three-two format. But what do you make of that series so far? I mean, that I had no idea Texas was that good. I didn't really pay much attention to the American League West, you know, throughout throughout the season. And the Rangers, you know, led the division. I think most of the year, it was only near the end of the year where they faltered. Uh, and it wound up in a three-way race between them, the Mariners, and the Astros, with the Astros winning it. But, they, but the Rangers were dominant throughout much of the year, and uh, it's a tremendous turnaround because I think this team only won 68 games last year. Uh, and you, you, you've got to attribute uh, a large part of that turnaround to Bruce Bochy, you know, being in a dugout this year, a guy who won three World Series Definitely. as a manager of the Giants, a, a huge impact on, on the team. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I don't think Houston has what it takes to come back from a 2 nothing deficit to uh, beat the Rangers. I wouldn't count the Astros out because they have a championship pedigree, you know. Uh, but uh, the Rangers, look, the, the Rangers and the Phillies, if that's the way it rolls, those are the two best teams playing in the postseason, that's for sure. You mentioned Bruce Bochy. I mean, he, you're right, they won 68 games last year. Um, he arrives in Texas after not managing Tommy for four seasons. His last year in San Francisco was 2019. You know, he won three World Series as the manager, as you mentioned, of the Giants in 2010, 2012, 2014. Hall of Fame manager, right? He didn't even need to come oh, back. Oh, yeah. Um, no, and no he, he's a Hall of Fame lock. Uh, and he has totally turned Texas around. And this would be amazing if they go through and they end up uh, in the World Series. And it would be, you know, a great matchup with Philadelphia if we see that. Um, Arizona came back last night. But by the way, they've gotten great pitching, you know, in the postseason. Uh, Evaldi's uh, ERA is you know two point something um, in his three starts: one start against Tampa, one start against Baltimore, and then the start uh, yesterday against Houston. Um, but look, I, I I don't care about some sort of fabricated rivalry between the Nats and the Phillies. I mean, I'm this is my home city. I don't feel. A rivalry with the Phillies. Uh, I am rooting for Bryce Harper. I kind of, I'm kind of rooting for Trey Turner, but not as much as I am for Bryce Harper. Um, he homered again last night, his fourth homer. 
of the postseason. He was two for three. Also had a, a an RBI single in the game. He walked. Um, he's hitting 409 in the postseason. He's got a 567 on base percentage and 955 slugging percentage. Uh, he, he's just been incredible for the second straight year in the postseason. But how about Castellanos? He had another home run last night. I know. This is a guy that went back-to-back games in the Atlanta series, closing the Braves out with two home runs in each one of those games. He's now got five homers in three games. Uh, it was a good game. That was a good game last yeah. night as well. They got off to a quick start. Yeah, Arizona and, came back, made it a game. And the home run barrage may only get worse for uh, Arizona because if Schwarber, who hit the, the first pitch, yeah. at, you know, into the stands for the home run, the first pitch that they took, uh, if he gets on a roll, this is a guy who hits home runs in bunches. When he was with Washington right. in 2021, he had 16 home runs in the month of June. So if Schwarber gets hot, then, I mean, we are looking at like almost like a cartoonish uh, power display. Yeah, and they got another really good outing from Zach Wheeler. He's been outstanding, and they pitched their second-best pitcher. Their one-two's pretty strong with Wheeler and Aaron Nola. Uh, He goes tonight to try to make it two games to nothing in that National League um, Championship Series. All right, I want to finish up with the Caps. We'll do that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. This final segment of the show brought to you by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag, use my promo code KevinDC, and you'll get a cash deposit bonus from MyBookie. MyBookie's got everything you need, every sport. Uh, they've got an online casino, um, a world-class online casino. Uh, you can bet the horses if you want to do that at MyBookie. Uh, all of the NFL lines are up. Washington, a two-point favorite right now, uh, Sunday in the Meadowlands against the Giants. MyBookie.ag, you've got to use my promo code, KevinDC, and you will get a cash deposit bonus if you do so. Uh, Tommy, so last night the Caps rallied to beat the Calgary Flames in a shootout. Uh, they were down 2 nothing, so it meant that they went, I think, their first four periods of the season without scoring. By the way, they're the last NHL team to play their second game. I'm not sure why so few games to start the season here. Uh, but anyway, um, their streak last night of 588 consecutive sellouts at Capital One Arena, at MCI Center, at whatever it's been called, uh, dating back to March 5th, 2009, came to an end last last night. They did not sell out the game last night. Um, and it looked like there was still a pretty good-sized crowd. Like, when Washington's football franchise stopped selling out games and you'd look, you know, on television at the crowd, you just saw big blotches of empty seats. I flipped it to the Caps game last night when I saw it trending that they didn't sell out the game. It still looked like a pretty packed house to me. Um, But anyway, uh, any significance in this story to you at all other than that they, they didn't make the playoffs last year? That might be a reason. Well, uh, I went to the Caps opener Friday night. Yeah, uh, and, which they lost for nothing. They didn't look good. They looked old. Ovechkin looked thirty-eight years old. 
Mm-hmm. It's just one game. It could be. And again, this is totally unfair. Just one game. But I didn't get the greatest vibe off the new coach, Spencer Carberry. You didn't? Why? In the post-game press conference, uh, he seemed tense. Mm-hmm. He seemed tense. Uh, and as soon as the press conference was over, he left, he left the building, literally. I saw him standing in front of the elevator by himself. Usually, coaches will go back to their office, you know, they'll talk, you know, have discussions. Uh, usually see guys leave with, with friends or family, particularly of his first game. No, just by himself. It's just, it's just a weird situation. I just didn't get a good feeling about him. Uh, totally unfair for one game. Just my first game impressions of the team. They looked old. They looked slow. And a lot of uncertainty, I think, with a new coach who's new to the NHL as well. Uh, as far as, you know, the lack of a sellout, uh, yeah, I think, I think you know, what, five years removed now from the Stanley Cup and not making the playoffs last year in particular would have something to do with it. Uh, the whole issue of downtown has become an issue for Ted Leonsis. I wrote about this in my column on Friday that uh, he's fighting with the city, although the city is coming around to uh, finance, helping finance improvements, major improvements to the arena. There's been some talk that Ted would consider moving to uh, Northern Virginia over in Arlington next to uh, Amazon new headquarters for a new arena there. Uh, and the downtown area, uh, there's some vacant stores around there where there weren't before. Uh, and uh, crime has become an issue in that neighborhood. So I think all these could contribute to, to the, the uh, demise of the sellout. I'm reading something from our guy, Eric, who... Um likes to follow sort of sports and media and, uh, you know, ratings and things like that. Eric's always been helpful in the past. He said that basically there's no way that they sold out games at the end of last year. Um, So them claiming sellouts at the end of last year was complete gibberish. But it's, you know, a long run of sellouts uh, anyway, I mean, they had, they clearly had a long run of sellouts, but yes. the fact that he, he's just suggesting that there's no chance that last night was the first non-sellout since 2009, given what the crowds looked like, I guess, at the end of last year when they were not um, going to be a playoff team. I, I don't know. I don't follow it that closely. Um, I do know this about the Caps fan base in this town. It is super passionate. It's super hardcore. You know, it's not, you know, high volume. Um, sorry, but it just isn't the highest volume fan base in town by a long shot. But the people that are into it love it. And I still think in terms of going to a live sporting event, and I'm not talking about a big game. I'm not talking about the event. You know, we, we are very much an event town uh, in so many ways. I'm just talking about a run-of-the-mill. You're going to go to a regular season game at FedEx Field. You're going to go to a regular season game at Nats Park. You're going to go to a regular season game, Wizards, uh, Caps. In terms of the professional teams, I think in terms of the value for what you're spending, Caps games are great. I think being there live at a game is so much better 
than watching it on I TV. I would agree. And I feel completely yeah, opposite it's, it's about the other sports. sports experience. Uh, Absolutely. And, you know, th- I think that's part of it, too, is that, no, th- the biggest part of it is they've been really good and they've had a superstar generational player. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so if they're good again, and I have no idea if they're going to be good this year or not, uh, and certainly the Ovechkin countdown to Gretzky's goal-scoring mark will fill up that building a lot as well. But um, Yeah, anyway. but, I mean, we're a long way. We're a long way from that happening still. That's next year. Yeah, it is next year. Maybe. That maybe. You know, no, may- listen, that's, ne- that's yeah. next year. 73 goals looked a long way away Friday night. He didn't score last night, right? I don't think he did. No, he didn't. Um, yeah, he is you know, 73 away from Gretzky. So that is, in a normal situation for him, that would be sometime late next season uh yeah. we'll see all right um any you got anything else i got nothing else for you today boy all right great job as always uh and i will be back tomorrow with cooley without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.